You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly on up to the nine foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. 30 minutes of socks for fans, by fans. This is Socks in the Basement. We have a lot that we're going to go over today. We are going to talk with our winner of the $1,000 guest bounty. We're going to give away a thousand bucks. That was a fun contest that we did all off season, but the off season and spring training is coming to a close. So it's time to hand out the money and move into what should be an AL championship season, Ed, and uh, a shot. Right now, it feels like a puncher's chance, the way that everything looks in the uh, in the rotation, but a shot at winning a World Series. Well, you know, and, and of course, you look around the league, and I hope spring's eternal for everyone. But yeah, there's the whole thing with the rotation and the, the fact that, are we really going to have Vince Velasquez starting games for us here? I don't know. That, that doesn't make me feel good, but I will say this. I, I will say this about the Lance injury, and I may be the only person who thinks this way. I would much rather have Lance Lynn get that knee taken care of now than have it barking at him in October, in September, the way it was last year when he started to lose effectiveness down the stretch. I, you know what? Give the man all the time he needs on the front end. On the back end, because I think the Sox can survive and... and contend for the division title in the early part. I don't think he's going to get them blown out of, uh, you know, his loss is going to get them blown out of, of contention here. I, I want him ready to go in October. I don't, I don't really could care less about April and May with that man. Yeah, you know, it's cool that he's a big guy and he reminds us all of Southsiders. You know, he carries that little bit of extra weight and he swears a lot. But guys his age that carry a little bit of extra weight have knee problems. Okay, trust me. I walked up the stairs today and I felt a tweak in my knee and that was just walking upstairs. All right, this is all brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions, named one of the South Town's best in 2021 by the Daily South Town. Bowing walls, window wells, foundation crack repair, concrete raising. Whenever you see things moving around with the concrete around your home, that is a foundation issue. They take care of sump pumps and gutter cleaning and so much more. Protect your home, protect your foundation, protect what you got in your basement. Family-owned, veteran-owned, and operated since they started in 2013. 24-7 service, 708-330-4466. Learn what a difference a family makes at FamilyDry.com. We have phone calls in the queue. People have gone to SocksInTheBasement.com over the last couple of days, and we've been inundated with phone calls. I'm not going to be able to get to all of them, but I want to take a few of them to kick off the show. Are you good with that? You you, you feel like hi- hearing from the listeners? Yeah, let, let's go. All right, here we go. First one that came in. Tell me what you think. Hey, guys, never left a voicemail before, um, but I can't stop thinking after the A.J. Pollock trade that A.J. Pollock is Adam Angle's ceiling. Similar players, similar injury history. Uh, curious, I'm spot on with that take or what you guys think. Can't wait for it to get nice out here in Iowa. Take the kids out for walks and listen to the pod. Thanks for all you guys do. Take care. Go Sox. Yeah, he sounds like he's got a few kids back there that uh, are little ones yeah, that are going to keep yeah. him busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to walk off. You got to walk off the energy when you got that many kids around. So. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I mean, here's the thing. AJ Pollock coming to the team. First of all, uh, you know, I touched on it right at the beginning of the show. If you 
heard the the last episode, the first 10 hours it was out before the Pollock deal was announced, I didn't mention it. And then I updated it very, very quickly. I think by noon on Friday, I had the first three, four minutes of the show changed just to kind of address it real quickly. But yeah, I mean, he is Adam Engel. If he could ever get to what AJ Pollock is, we'd all be amazed. I think that would be just an, an incredible thing because the guy hits well against lefties and righties. Like we're always looking for a guy that's, we're always looking for more left-handed bats. This guy hits well against lefties and righties. He is a solid defender. I know he hasn't played a lot of right field, but as he said, corner outfield's corner outfield. It's just trying to pick up a few things and getting a couple of reps, and I, I have no problem doing it. And I think this is just a, it's a great move. You were able to move a guy that you didn't want, you didn't need, and had a lot of money sitting on your payroll, and you exchanged that money for a guy that you needed at a position that you needed for a player that I didn't expect him to be able to go and get, and in my mind, for this season, a better player than the Michael Conforto that we've all been sitting around saying that we wanted. I would take A.J. Pollock for this season over Michael Conforto right now. And I think it's, I think it's a great move. Well, it's a good thing you take him right now because that's what you got. You got <laughs> A.J. Pollock and you don't have Michael Conforto. Right, so right, right. Nobody has Michael be Conforto. Be appreciative for what you have, not for what you don't have. That's that's a good good outlook on life. But to the point about Adam Engel, if that's Adam Engel's ceiling is is to become what AJ Pollock has already done in his career, good for Adam Engel. I mean, the, you know, now there's only a few years separating them. Adam Engel's not a 24 year old guy anymore. He's you know, he's up there too. But the fact that the White Sox might have two of them, two versatile outfielders who can play all three positions interchangeably without any worry or consternation, who can hit lefties who can hit righties uh, who are not necessarily going to be you know an MVP candidate by any stretch of the imagination which is what I think people think Conforto is going to be this year for no reason but he's also you know Pollock and Engel are both going to be guys that are not automatic outs the the one thing that's beautiful like I said about having AJ Pollock though is is that he's proven he's done it we've seen flashes only from Adam Engel because the injury history is there but there is there is actual resume material for A.J. Pollock to say that I am a viable major league outfielder. I can play the corners. I can hit. We know this. And this is this is the type of thing that when people were saying you're going to trade Kimbrell and they were hell-bent on it was going to be for a second baseman, the idea that Kimbrell could bring back a right fielder of this caliber is fantastic. The idea that Kimbrell maybe would have been useful to bring back a starting pitcher was also something I would have absolutely loved to have seen, and and we didn't see that unfortunately. But that's okay. You know, I'm just I'm happy to have Pollock here. I think he's going to be a huge addition. You know, the the funny thing is going to be the amount of times that Tony Larusa uses the DH as the nine hitter this year, because <laughs> because that's a that's something that I think you're going to see sometimes where you're going to see Andrew Vaughn or Gavin Sheets batting ninth in this lineup. He's already done it once since Pollock showed up in spring training. Hey guys, Dean and Lyle talking quietly because I don't want Tony to get it too upset and me criticizing Rick Hahn and the rest of the group. Everybody knows we are vulnerable to good right-handed pitching. And when a guy like Kyle Schwarber was available to us in the offseason and to not go after him made zero sense. The other one, uh, I am a fan of picking up A.J. Pollock. Actually, I'm a fan of picking up Hasley from Philadelphia. I need left-handed hitting in that lineup. 
The guy that I really was hoping that Han could swing a deal with was Tampa Bay's Austin Meadows. It would have been an absolute perfect fit. Right field, left-handed hitter, making about $4 million, signed out to 2024. It would have been perfect. But for whatever reason, Han couldn't get it done. Um, I'm in disagreement with you guys. Let Sheets play. Let him play right field against right-handed pitching. Let him start. The whole equation is the Sox need to have the lead going into the fifth. And with a solid lineup, they should be able to have the lead. That's why you got a high price bullpen. I'm really hoping that LaRusa gets it figured out to say, all right, I'm taking this guy for the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, and close the door and let the starters go five, hopefully, and finish the game from there. So anyway, those are my two points. Have a wonderful season and hope to see you out at the ballpark. You know, remember, you can call in anytime. You can use the voicemail right at SocksInTheBasement.com or just send us a message. We'll read it out on the air. You know, here's the thing. I have Austin Meadows on my fantasy baseball team, and I've already learned just in that when I see what pitchers he's going up against that week. Tampa Bay uses him as a straight platoon because he's only good against right-handed pitching and terrible against left-handed pitching. I like Pollock in there over even Schwarber, and, I, and I'll tell you why. I know he disagreed with us on, on some of the stuff we were, we were talking about, but I'll tell you why. A.J. Pollock had a 902 OPS against right-handed pitching in 2021 compared to Gavin Sheets at 900. A.J. Pollock for his career is an 802 OPS against right-handed pitching. That would put him... Third, or no, no, let me look at the at the starters here. He's in the top five of White Sox bats for his career. And last year, he would have been second best against left-handed pitching behind Yasmani Grandal. So here's a guy, it doesn't matter that he's a right-handed hitter. He hits right-handed pitching uh, almost as good as he hits left-handed pitching. So I, I think that, like, Sheets is going to get some time in right field. I, I don't doubt it. He's going to get an opportunity out there. He's going to get an opportunity to play. He's going to make the team. They're going to find at bats for him. But I like this guy because you don't have to worry about platooning him. You can play A.J. Pollock any day that he's healthy. He's not going to be healthy the whole year either. And White Sox fans, if you think he's going to give you 162, you're crazy. This guy has an injury every year. And I don't think they're playing him every day, and I think they're probably resting him one or two times a week if they want to keep him fresh all year long, because as he gets older, we've seen more injuries from him. But for what they were looking for, he takes the pressure off of having to play Sheets and Vaughn when they're going through tough times, when you need to get them out of the lineup, when you need to give them a break, when you need to come up with a rotation for them. You're not forced to put them out in the outfield because you don't have a regular everyday guy. He gives you that, Ed. Well, and if you're going to talk about Kyle Schwarber not bringing Schwarber in because you're, you're worried about being too right-handed and being too susceptible to right-handed uh, hitting, I, my question ends up being, well, if Kyle Schwarber is playing every day and Gavin Sheets is playing every day, who's not playing every day then? It, it, and right. it's, it, I know the answer is probably Andrew Vaughn because you're not sitting Luis Robert, you're not sitting Aloy Jimenez, and you don't really have the ability to sit Jose Abreu that often. So I think this works out better because it's a depth thing. With A.J. Pollock, he's plug and play. You don't care who's on the mound. If he's out there, if there's a matchup that Gavin Sheets absolutely should destroy a guy – then I guarantee you that Gavin Sheets will get every opportunity to absolutely destroy guys he should be destroying. What I don't think you're going to see, though, is you're not going to see Gavin Sheets going up against a lefty. You're not going to see the Sox out there with a, you know two lefty starters in a series out of three games, and Gavin Sheets playing in two of those three games. You'll see him in one of those three games. You'll see Andrew Vaughn in the other. 
And you might see Sheets and Wright and Vaughn in the same lineup to give AJ Pollock a day off. You're right, you know, but you're also going to see Yasmani Grandal in the DH role to give him some time off of his knees and Reese McGuire behind the plate against certain righties because now you're going to get two left-handed bats that way. Socks in the basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the south side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boots specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. What did you think about Reese McGuire? What did you think about that acquisition? Before I get to the last call here, which uh, you're going to love. What did you think about switching... Zach Collins for Reese McGuire in a one-for-one trade. These are two former first-round draft picks that play catcher. And the Sox moved theirs for one of Toronto's first-round catcher draft picks. And right away, it feels like the White Sox fleece Toronto because we got a guy who's really good at framing, really good defensively, and we never thought Zach Collins was going to contribute defensively ever and it didn't look like he was going to be consistent at the plate either. So it feels like you you got exactly what you wanted as a backup catcher, and you were able to give away a guy that you really didn't have any value uh, for, unless something changed with him. And, and you know he was he was not going to become the eventual backup catcher for this team. I thought it was a steal. Well, it's a steal, but I understand why Toronto does it too. Because if you look at Toronto's situation, Danny Jansen's there. They've got Alejandro Kirk is coming up with them. They've got Gabriel Moreno. These are all high-end catching prospects that they have. And the Blue Jays have sort of a wealth of, of these catchers. So it it's almost a favor to Reese McGuire that they say, okay, we're going to send – instead of trying to force you into AAA somewhere, we're going to send you to a team that needs you, that wants the glove, because that's what the Sox need. They need the glove. The, the bat is not 100% necessary for their backup catcher right now. And what we're going to get back in return is a, is a at this point, a little bit of a dart throw in Zach Collins because they can stash him at AAA. They can have Jansen, Kirk, or Moreno, or some grouping of that come up and play in Toronto, play on the major league roster, or all three, and find time for all three of those guys. And they can stick Collins down there and say, okay, you're going to be behind the plate, and we're going to DH you, we're going to play you at first, we're going to throw you in the outfield, we don't care what you do. If you can figure out how to hit, fantastic. Maybe we'll find a use for you. If you don't, you are, you've become organizational depth so we can get the guys that we think could actually play this game up in Toronto where we need them and and not have to worry about you know losing Reese McGuire for nothing and then not having that depth to have somebody down in AAA or having to send down Danny Jansen, who they probably want back there you know because of how he handles the staff. So I think it was for the White Sox – not necessarily a fleecing because the Blue Jays get something that they can use, 
and the Sox get something that they could use. But for Rick Hahn and for, for the White Sox, that is one of those underrated moves that you sit there and you go, it's great because we found a backup catcher who, by most accounts, can not only handle the pitching staff, but um, in some ways he can handle his own stick and uh, you know has never passed a ball because he sort of stops there. You know what's, what's interesting? Uh, older guys like my father are going to love Reese McGuire. They're going to love him because where Zach Collins and Reese McGuire basically have the same OPS, like last year, one of them had 195 at-bats, the other one had 198. So they had the same amount of time up at the plate, the two of them, right? Yeah. They both had similar OPSs, 654 to 669. But the difference is that Zach Collins hits 210. So you got to explain to people like, well, yeah, he hit 210, but his, his OPS was 669 because he's got a little bit more pop in the bat, right? Reese McGuire was, you know, a, a 253 hitter. And if you have a backup catcher as a 253 hitter, if you watched baseball in the 1950s, you're like, yeah, that's my guy. He's defensive. He hits 253 and he sits behind the plate. Like, you know, he's old school. He's exactly what would be on the back of a baseball card of a backup catcher that you enjoyed or a guy that you thought could fill in on the White Sox in the 50s and the 60s. Like the older guys are going to love Reese McGuire's line and the fact that he plays defense. Uh, you need that. You need to have a guy that handles the staff well frames pitch as well and and that because Collins was never going to be enough of an advantage at the plate to make up for his defensive deficiencies you mean the fact that he couldn't catch a ball thrown to him that defensive right, exactly. deficiency <laughs> yeah that, he had a lot he had a lot of issues he had a lot yeah. of issues and I think we're going to enjoy Reese McGuire behind the plate behind Grandal instead of Zach Collins or Zeppi Zavala all right we have one more call he's been on the show before let's play it uh this is Roy I just want to say White Sox in the basement. They they should have they should have heard me out. I mean, Chris and Frankie, they should have did a deal that was sold up the bullpen starting rotation. Now you need a, a starter and two relievers. I mean, you know, you got one got Tommy John surgery, Owen got bicep, and Lance Lynn got his knee hurting. So guess what? You're going to be down and out for a few weeks, two, at least two months. I don't know who Chris and Frankie are. There is a point there, though. You needed pitching. You didn't address it. Right. And now an injury to one of your pitchers is exacerbated by the fact that now, I mean, what are you, you going to send out there? You're going to play three games right off the bat where you're going to send out uh, Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, and you're going to get fortunate here. You can use a fourth starter and then flip it back around again and not have to use the fifth starter the first time through. After that, when you get to, I want to say it's the 17th of April, you're going to need a fifth starter finally. And unless you get some rain out games, you got to figure this out. You got to figure it out quick. Lance Lynn, I mean, reportedly he's gone four to six weeks. Let's just say six because it's four weeks before he gets on a mound and he's got to build back up. And it could be all the way to eight weeks. Then he has a quote that comes out on Monday where he's like, I'll be back in the second half of the season, essentially. I really hope he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know what he's talking about, right? Like, I really hope it's like, I'll be back halfway through. Whoa, hold on a second. I thought you were going to be gone for eight weeks. They have a problem here. It should have been addressed before this happened. Injuries occur. That's why you needed more depth. You decided you didn't want Carlos Rodon. You've got a guy in Dallas Keuchel whose innings have a limit on them if you ever want to use him anyway because he is terrible. He was terrible last year. He was terrible in spring training. You got Michael Kopech who's not going to go out and pitch 200 innings for you. You're already up against it with your staff, and now you suffer this injury. The White Sox have to solve this quickly or it's going to become a big problem here in the first couple of months. I hope he's not sitting here thinking he's coming back after the All-Star break. 
Uh, maybe the guy just doesn't have a good grasp of the calendar, which is fine because I'd be more worried about him having a good grip on a fastball than, than you know, what date it is. Also, let's face it, the seasons have been weird. So, I, you know, who knows? Maybe he's literally sitting here thinking, yeah, aren't we starting like June 1st? Yeah, I'll be back for the second half. Um, I know what one of the things that the Sox are, are not going to necessarily be in the minority of either is is the idea that they're not going to have guys go out. They're not going to have five guys go out there and go five, six, seven innings each time out. I don't think there's too many teams that are set up for that, which doesn't make it better. But for the Sox, I do think the the key is going to be, will Dallas Keuchel be able to go out there and not suck? Like, can he just, can he just be pleasantly average, you know, decidedly mediocre would be good. Merely competent. I would take that. All of those things, you know, over just absolute suckitude. Because if he can go out and be okay, I think the team hits enough to get by his starts. But then it's it's Giolito, it's Cease, and then you are managing Kopech. And what we're looking at right now to replace him, Lynn, in the, in the rotation, and to try and shore it up is, is there anybody in spring training that was a non-roster invitee for a team, some veteran, you know, uh, that is going to not make that team that will hit the streets again, but has been stretched out and has had some success. Maybe, you know, they just, they weren't the right fit. Are you going to have street free agents who are ready to go? Or are you going to be relying on guys that did not go through spring training, have been working out on the side, might also need some time to build back up. So they're not going to be as immediately useful, but then might be somebody that you can rely on down the road and in the meantime, you know, his point about two relievers, Joe Kelly's coming back. He'll be, we, they knew he was hurt, but he'll be fine. And that's not something that you need to worry too much about, I don't think. But losing Crochet, it's Bennett Sousa time, baby. I mean, let's let's see what the minor leagues has for us, and that's that's pretty much what you have. Or, yeah, you're looking for street lefties to see who's who's out there. Maybe they got some street lefties that are just hanging around Blue Island. Like, another reason for me to go just sit in the double play saloon. Maybe a guy will walk by and be like, look at that guy. He looks like he can throw. He can go out there and throw some innings, right? Maybe we can get a guy like that out on the island. Uh, Double play saloon in Blue Island at 131-1 Western Avenue. That's 13011 Western Avenue in Blue Island. Has a newly remodeled private gaming area. $5 daily basket lunch specials. $13 Miller and Bud Family Buckets. And coming up here... On the 9th, from 7 to 10 p.m., coming up very close, it's Saturday, Troublemakers Athletic Club Annual Ham and Bacon Shoot. It is about as old school as you can get. People buying raffle tickets to win hams or bacon. They're going to raffle off about 20 hands and 200 pounds of bacon, 50-50 raffles, foods put out. You can eat until your heart's content. It's a great cause, a fun night. Uh, have a couple of beers, make some friends, and enjoy Blue Island. And then coming up for the White Sox home opener on the 12th, a free nacho and hot dog bar during the game. So if you're looking for a place to watch the game, you're not going to it, head on over to Blue Island. There's also going to be Sox ticket giveaways throughout on April the 12th. 13011 Western Avenue, Double Play Saloon in Blue Island. Uh, you're talking about guys off the street. What about a Johnny Cueto? Reports overnight, Monday into Tuesday, the White Sox sign Cueto to a minor league deal. Jeff Passan reporting it's a $4.2 million deal prorated for days spent in the big leagues. Pending a physical, you got to go out, grab a guy like Cueto, 
Got to figure he's going to get up and pitch for this team quicker than Lynn's going to get healed. Here's a guy who was a little bit in decline, but he didn't decline as quickly as Dallas Keuchel. He, right before he had his injury a couple years ago, and he had to have Tommy John, uh, he was on fire. And then, you know, after Tommy John surgery, you normally get a guy, it takes him a while to get back to normal. And his, his whip never got into like the 1.4 range. Like he never got crazy. It just crept a little bit over my my 1.30 threshold that I, I like to see my starting pitchers uh, lower than 1.30 when it comes to the walks and hits per innings pitched. He still manages to keep most guys off base. He wouldn't be a bad addition not only to help, but down the line, wouldn't it be great to just have him sitting there with a little bit of experience like he has? Adding a guy like that who could just stick around and provide depth, especially because you do have some room you have some roster room that you could keep a guy like Cueto around and worst case scenario he is what you envision Vince Velasquez to be if Vince Velasquez can't do it right because he's a guy that that then becomes maybe that sixth starter so to speak or uh you know has you know maybe has to do more of an El Duque role to go back to 2005 and just be the guy with the experience that comes in and and Cueto's sort of that crafty dude anyway, so I, I would be in favor of it. And frankly, I'm a little annoyed. I, if I'm annoyed at anything, I'm not annoyed that Rick Hahn can't pull off a Sean Manaya trade, okay? Because we know that he was limited by what he was going to be able to offer other teams. And, you know, I, I was in conversation with some folks after Manaya was traded to the Padres. I'm like, do you really take the best of what your farm system has to offer for a one-year rental on a guy? it's a hard thing to pull the trigger on and it's not necessarily something that the A's would have done. Right. So I'm not necessarily mad that Rick can't outbid other teams at this point. What I'm annoyed with is why are you not just inviting veteran starters to show up and do some throwing for Ethan Katz and Tony La Russa, maybe pluck in an inning or two in a game or something like that and see if there's anything left in the tank, just in case Lance Lynn's knee goes or just in case Dallas Keuchel just absolutely shows zero or something else goes wrong and they didn't do it. And I wonder if the lockout forces this because there's such a short spring training that you don't feel like you got enough time to work out guys that you may or may not have any interest in keeping, but you just want to see for down the road. Right. It's, it's, it just baffled me though, that when I look at the names of some of the free agents that are still sitting out there that, you know, a guy like Cueto isn't sitting in a camp right now, having thrown, you know, two and a third in a meaningless game against the Rockies Z team just to see how his pitches move, just to see if, you know, he seems to have control, just to see if his velocity is bad, if his movement's gone, things like that. Joining me on the phone line right now, the winner of the EliteBenefits.net $1,000 guest bounty, the guy who went out and got David Sampson, former front office guy for 16 years for the Expos and the Marlins to come on the show way back in December. He held off strong challenges from a ton of guests, including Liam Hendricks and Jake Berger. Carlos is on the line with us. How are you, Carlos? 
doing great. I'm excited. Um, great to be on the show. Yeah, well, of course you're excited. You won a thousand dollars. I mean, I'd be, I'd be excited. <laughs> it's not because you're on the show with us. It's, it's because you won a thousand dollars. Now, you were telling me you're you're a private guy. You didn't want me to give out your whole name. I get that. I understand. Uh, if anybody wants to follow him on Twitter, though, at Top Shot underscore Los. You go by Los Socks, and you have a a great picture of Joe Kelly cartoon version uh, in a White Sox jersey making the pouty face as your picture right now, which I which I love. Were you excited when he got uh, signed on the team? I did, just because his attitude is completely south side. It's, um, you know, and he's one of the best, you know, relief pitchers in the game. Um, you know, yeah, he he does have a little bit of in- injury history, but this guy is, you know, lights out when he's in there, when he's in the zone. How did you get David Sampson to come on the show? Because when David came on, he... He kind of explained it to us. People can go back and listen to it. It's on demand. But it, the way he kind of put it was uh, a listener of his show reached out and asked him to do it. And he was like, I, I'll do anything for my listeners. Is, is it that simple? You had no relationship with him beforehand? I uh, Nope. Uh, just a longtime listener of his show. It's a great show. Um, he always talks about, you know, re- having his DMs open, reaching out to his listeners or just uh, MLB fans in general. Um, I just say it was uh, a thought in the middle of the night to say, hey, let's take a shot and let's just see what happens. I want to say he reached out at like four or five in the morning. If you know anything about David, he does not sleep. So I'm not surprised by that. But, you know, it was just a shot in the dark and I'm glad he took it. Were you surprised when you finally heard him on Stocks in the Basement? And you were like, oh, my goodness, I'm in this contest. I was. And, you know, it's it's crazy to think that, uh, you know, David's podcast is, is my favorite one right now. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks a lot. That, thanks a lot, Carlos. I gave you a thousand dollars and you just said that, that <laughs> that's your fine. Maybe I'll can I can I have second place? Let's let's rewind that for a second. Okay. Fast, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to shoot myself in the foot. I'll just stop saying anything right now. So David and then and, and you guys, of course, oh, yeah, now you yeah. know, I'm secondary. Um you know, just to have you guys on the same, you know, I don't know what you're going to call it, the line live together, just, um, you know, going back and forth of, of, of baseball. It's just great. Um, you know, I, I kind of had a, a thumb in the back of the head when I shot that DM to David, and I was like, you know, made it happen. All right. Well, uh, before I, I let you off the line, we got a couple of things we got to talk about. I got to get you your $1,000 from Elite Benefits of America. Uh, I, I want to ask you what you think is going to happen this year. I was pretty pumped up about A.J. Pollock coming to the team, and then Lance Lynn gets injured, and it points out a thing that I think we knew since the moment the season ended. We knew they needed more starting pitching, and even before the Lynn injury, they needed more starting pitching. Is that your biggest concern right now? What do you think about this team going into the season? It is. It's it's always been a pitching game, especially when you look back at how they did during the, the playoff run. Um, you know, they kind of struggled on, on, on that forefront. Um, you know, a lot of the relievers as well didn't do um, the job that they needed to do. So um, I guess the mantra in baseball is you can't ever have enough pitching. Um, so that's the number one thing that, you know, unfortunately now we have to go in and kind of revamp, but this team is built for a, a good deep run to the playoffs. I don't, I'm a very superstitious person, so I don't want to say, you know, it's, it's world series or bust or, you know, that they're going to win the world series, but these guys could do it, you know, just get on a hot streak and in, in, in the late of the season and they can do it. Um, you know, a lot of the competition in, in the central are not up to par, but we'll see what happens. These guys can do it, though. But it's it's going to take a lot of uh, 
uh, coming together and Tony LaRusso has to make his, his right choices and we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I think they're going to be a really good team. It's going to be a long, long season and I'm going to continue to remind myself not to overreact to just one game or a, a little stretch of games or anything like that because it's a long season and it's a really talented team and you carlos are a thousand dollars richer from elite benefits of america and socks in the basement and uh thank you so much for listening to the show thank you for getting us david sampson and uh, maybe we'll bump into each other at the ballpark this season yeah absolutely and i hope to do, hope you guys do this again next year i got a couple more guys to throw in there for the list <laughs> You're already looking to win more money. That's hysterical. Playing the head. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.